Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bigger Insights Privacy and Security Podcast, where we'll help you live a more private and secure life. In this episode, we're going to go into some detail about finding, sanitizing, and closing old accounts. If you haven't yet listened to the previous episode, 12 Considerations for Opening Your Next Account, you should listen to that as well because that provides some context for this episode. But just as a quick caveat, some of the items discussed in this episode, especially regarding sanitizing accounts before you delete them, may not be appropriate or even lawful depending on the type of account and your jurisdiction. Nothing in this episode is legal or other advice. If you're like me and you're old as dirt, you've probably accumulated many accounts over the years. If you're not diligent about documenting these, you probably have more than you realize. Work accounts, school accounts, social media, email, forums, games, etc. Have you ever needed to order a t-shirt or a pair of shoes for someone on some obscure website and they make you open an account? Or what about to ask one question on a forum or register a product to get a warranty? It seems like almost every website wants you to make an account. Just as an example, we've been documenting different podcast directories and apps that we may want to submit our podcast to, but annoyingly, a lot of them require an account in order to submit your podcast. If we wanted to submit to all of the ones we found so far, we would have to create about 20 accounts just to distribute our podcast. A number of years ago, I came to the conclusion that my digital footprint was getting out of hand, so I decided to clean it up. I literally deleted hundreds of accounts. This took more time than it should have, and more than I care to admit, but I'm glad that I did it, and want to share some lessons from that experience. Let's start by talking about why you should close old or unneeded accounts. Every account that you have is a potential liability. In addition to the threat that the app or service provider is doing something creepy with your data, like sharing it with feces book or a data broker, there's also the risk that that system will get breached and your data will be accessible to hackers or just made available to the public for anyone to see and exploit. The severity of this problem is compounded by poor privacy practices that many users engage in, such as using their real name, date of birth, or home address, providing a phone number, using the same email address over and over, reusing passwords, and so on. You might have several accounts that you just decided to forget about because they're no longer relevant, but we would encourage you to clean these up because if one of them gets breached, the fallout from that could lead to your other accounts being compromised. I told this story in a prior episode, but many, many years ago, my first email address got hacked. I'm not 100% sure how that happened, but based on what I know, I'm pretty certain that an account that I made on some obscure website got hacked. Then the hacker got my email address and password from that compromised account and used that to log into my email account. Like everyone else in that era, I was obviously reusing passwords, which is why you should never do that. If someone breaches one of your accounts, they may use that information 
and a credential stuffing attack to break into your other accounts. If you haven't listened to our episode, Why You Need a Password Manager, you should do that for more details. But the point is, had I been keeping up with my accounts and deleting old ones that I didn't need anymore, that hack might not have happened. And credential stuffing aside, every breach is another piece of the puzzle that individuals and organizations can put together to analyze you, your behaviors, interests, connections, and so on. There are many websites out there where you can type in people's names, email addresses, phone numbers, and usernames, and they will show you a list of these people's home addresses, employers, resumes, what accounts they've used, what kind of people that they're associated with, and so on. Some of that data is what you expose publicly, like on your social media accounts and whatnot, but a lot of this data also comes from data breaches. There are websites out there where you can look up people's breached data, which can include things like their social security number and a lot of other highly sensitive information. So the fewer accounts that you have, the better off you'll be. Also keep in mind that many data breaches go unreported. So this problem is probably much larger than you think it is. When our clients ask us to do some reconnaissance on their information, we sometimes find their information from dozens of data breaches that are listed in just one website. Another reason to close old accounts is that many apps, especially ones that are social in nature, or a lot of these travel apps do this as well, like those travel planners, they publicly expose your profile and data. This is not a joke. I was looking up someone's information once and I found this travel app that they were using that exposed their travel information. I could see where they were traveling to, and this also appeared to trace right back to their home. This was also without having to sign into an account. So when I say I, you know, that could obviously be anybody. Are you really comfortable with anyone on the internet seeing where you travel to and where you live? It's completely unethical, but this is what a lot of apps do. Not only that, but when they do that, they also usually allow search engines to crawl and index your profile, which makes it much easier for bad actors to look up your information. Just for kicks sometime, you should go to different search engines and search for the usernames and email addresses that you commonly use. Make sure to wrap those in double quotes so that you get better results, but you may be shocked to see that some of the apps that you're using are spamming your profile and data for the whole world to see. I'm not going to say what they were, but I found two old apps that I used to use many years ago that did this. Needless to say, I've deleted those accounts, but you really should check this as well. And I'm sure there are others, but the final reason that we're going to talk about for why you should close unneeded accounts is that your account may be valuable to a hacker because they can use it for nefarious deeds, but under your identity. Anyone that runs a website or business knows this issue well. If a bad actor can take over your website or your email account, they can use its reputation to spread spam and illegal content and scam people. 
some of your accounts may present the same risk. Imagine for a second that someone can get into an old email address, Google, Dropbox, or Photobucket account. What might they do with that, which could end up being a big problem for you, even though you don't care about the account? They could use those accounts to spam and scam people on your behalf. You know, if Aunt Karen gets an email from an old email address of yours that says that you're stuck in some foreign country and you need her to send some money via MoneyGram, she's probably going to fall for that. What about those accounts that can host and share data? What could a hacker do with that? Well, they could use it to spread malware, illegal pornography, and other naughty things, which, again, is under your account and your identity. You know, that's a problem that you don't need. Let's switch gears now and talk about why you should sanitize your accounts before you delete them. First of all, many entities will retain your information potentially indefinitely, which means that even if you close your account, there is still the risk that your information will get breached at some point in the future. Of course, there is always the risk that even if you change your information, the old data will still exist. But we still think that sanitizing is worthwhile because many of the breaches that we see only expose your latest information. So if you change your name from Beth to Bob, there's a good chance that when that account gets breached, the leaked data will show that your name is Bob. For example, I told this story in the last episode, but when I deleted an old Photobucket account, I went back into their system and did a password reset. If they had truly deleted my information like they said they would, the appropriate response would have been an email that said something like, Hello, we received your password reset request, but you do not have an account in our system. What I received instead was an email that said something like, Hello, Bob. Please click this link to reset your password. Now, my name's not Bob, but they did call me by the name that I had on the account when I closed it. This just goes to show you that some systems don't really delete your data when they claim that they will, so it's helpful to obfuscate your data before you close your account. In other words, in many systems, when you close your account, you're really just removing your own access to that information, but the information remains. Therefore, you want to make sure that that information is garbage so that no one can exploit it in the future. All right, we talked about why this stuff matters. Now let's talk about how you actually do this. We offer one-on-one consulting to help people with these things, by the way. This can get pretty complicated, so if you need some help with this, go to biggerinsights.com and fill out the short form at the bottom of the page so we can schedule your initial consultation. The first step is finding your old accounts, which this can actually be you know, a little bit more complicated than you think it is. If you haven't been documenting your accounts over the years, you probably have some accounts that you've forgotten about. We're going to help you find your accounts with this one weird trick. Just kidding, more like five weird tricks. But the first thing that you're going to want to do is sit down and document all the accounts that you know about to help you decide if you want to keep them and have a system in place for documenting old accounts when you find them. Like I said, I'm 
I'm not just blowing smoke when I say that this can get very complicated. I've actually developed a system that tracks dozens of data points, like what the account is, when it was opened, why it was opened, what its status is, what information I've exposed to it, and so on. That might sound pretty Rain Man, but not having that information can really cause you headaches down the line. For example, some systems like Google will ask you questions like, when did you open your account to help you recover them if you can't get in? Well, if you're like most people and you're not documenting that stuff, that can be a problem for you. Another thing that I like to track is the URL that I used to log into an account. If we're talking about something like Feces Book, that doesn't matter as much. But I did run into about six old accounts that I had where I couldn't even figure out where to log in so that I could close my account. These tend to be things that are a little bit more obscure, like an account at some vet or a medical clinic or something like that where they give you a special link to log in. These systems tend to change quite a bit over time, so this explains why you can run into this problem as well if you're not documenting this information. Another reason why you need to have a good system in place is so that you can track which accounts you've closed. If we're talking about dozens or hundreds of accounts, that can literally take years of off and on work depending on your pace. In that case, it's easier than you might think to forget about which accounts you've actually closed. You might find yourself going in circles because at some point you're probably going to think to yourself, Wait, what about that old photo bucket account? Not realizing that you actually closed that 10 months ago. All right, weird trick number one. Think about activities that you used to do in the past, like ordering random things or different dating activities, traveling, school projects, and so on, that may have resulted in account creation. You might realize like, oh yeah, I had to make a WordPress site in some English class and forgotten about it. Or you might remember some game or chat service or something like that that you and an ex used to use. I have actually uncovered a number of old accounts using this one weird trick. The second trick is going through the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and looking through your download history to see which apps that you've used in the past that may have required opening an account. The third trick is going through old bank and credit card statements to find transactions that may have come from an account. For example, someone asked me to buy a pair of shoes for someone once. That was the only purchase I ever made on that account, and it sat there idle for over 10 years until I went in there and closed it. But what caused me to remember that account was seeing that transaction on an old credit card statement. All right, it's actually raining pretty hard out right now, so I do apologize if you can pick up on that. We've actually been toying with the idea of inserting quiet rain and thunderstorm sounds into the background of our episodes, so let us know if you'd be interested in that. But the fourth trick is to do what I said earlier and do web searches on your email addresses and usernames. Make sure that includes old ones because you probably have accounts lingering around out there with your old information. 
Some systems will keep your accounts open for decades, even if you never log into them. I came across probably about eight different accounts that I hadn't logged into since the early 2000s that were still sitting there open, which really surprised me. I mean, my assumption was that for our sake and their sake, that they would see that and be like, okay, this this user hadn't logged in in over 15 years. Maybe we should just go ahead and close their account. But no, some places don't do that. The fifth and final weird trick is to search through your email inboxes for keywords like welcome or new account. This can be very helpful because when you open an account at most services, they'll send you an email that says something like welcome to bigger insights or something like that. And that's helpful because it'll show you that you opened an account and it'll show you the date that you opened your account, which is good data to record for your records. Now let's talk about sanitizing your accounts. This is a very important step because once you close your account, you might not have the opportunity to go back in and change things later. The first thing you're going to want to do is set a strong, unique password and store it in a good password manager. That might seem like a waste of time because you're about to close your account, but again, they might not actually delete your data. So if your account does get breached after you close it, that might include your password in which case you don't want that password to be used to get into one of your other accounts. The next thing to do is gather all of the data from the account that you can. That might include taking screenshots or printing PDFs. Fortunately, some systems these days like Apple, Feces Amazon, Microsoft, and many others have a feature that allow you to download your data. This might include things like purchase history, photos, videos, emails, contacts, logging data like when you sign in and from what IP address. Go ahead and download everything that you can because you may want to reference that data in the future. For example, if you close an account somewhere and then that system gets breached, you might want to review the information that you've given them to assess the potential damage. This is a good practice to do every once in a while anyway, even if you're not intending to close an account, because like we explained in the previous episode, 12 considerations for opening your next account, your accounts can be banned, closed, or deleted at any time for any reason and without notice. This does happen to people sometimes, and if they weren't making backups, they lose all of their data. The next thing to do is to think about whether you may want to reopen your account in the future. We've seen a few systems over the years that have special policies for either having multiple accounts or reopening them. Feces Book is one such example. As far as we know, if you close a Feces Book account and want to reopen it someday, they will demand to see a photo ID, which you may not be comfortable with sharing for obvious reasons. Side tangent, we really need to avoid normalizing the sharing of our photo IDs. One of the key features of a photo ID is that only you have it. Well, as soon as you scan it and start passing it around the internet, that kind of goes out the window. We also encountered a system that claimed that if you closed your account, you would never be able to open another one again, which is pretty extreme. 
So the point is, make sure you understand what you're getting into before you close your account, because there might be irreversible side effects. The next thing to consider is whether you're going to do a CCPA request. This is for California residents only, in quotes. We've heard that some people will just claim to be from California so they can do this. What kind of a person would lie like that? That's ridiculous. Well, anyway, this is really screwed up, but, but basically some companies are so desperate to hold onto your account and data that they won't even let you delete it unless the government forces them to. California has the CCPA for this reason, so a lot of these garbage companies will basically tell residents in all the other states to go pound salt when they ask them to delete their data. But the point is that if you are going to do a CCPA, you need to be thinking about that because in the next steps, we're going to be talking about sanitizing your data, which is important because the CCPA request forms usually ask for things like your email address, your name, maybe even your home address, and other things that you might want to change before you delete your account. The next step is to change your email address to an alias from a service like Simple Login or Anon Addy. In addition to helping protect you from a data breach, this also makes it easy to delete that alias later if that company decides to continue spamming you or gives your email address to other companies. Now it's time to delete whatever information you can. If you can delete it, do delete it. That might be old posts, contacts, emails, billing and shipping addresses, phone numbers, credit card information, and so on. For all of the information that can't be deleted, try replacing it with fake information. You were Jerry Smith and now you're Rick Sanchez. We're not condoning this, but if you're changing a home address, it has been suggested in some circles that the address should be changed to somewhere in California to increase the chance that that company actually respects your request to delete your data. They may also check that if you do decide to make a CCPA request, but again, we don't condone this if you don't really live in California because we're not attorneys and we have no idea if this breaks one of the millions of laws that we have here in the land of the free. All right, so once you've got everything downloaded, backed up, and sanitized, you're now ready to close your account. If you make a CCPA request, they should handle that for you, but otherwise you need to figure out what the closure procedure is. Many systems have a page hidden away somewhere where you can fill out a few forms and click a button to delete your account. They may require that you verify with an email or text message just to make sure that some jabroni didn't, you know, just get into your account and try to go Hillary Clinton on it. But for about half of all systems out there, this is relatively straightforward. Some services will straight up tell you that they won't let you close your account. But for others, we've had to contact their customer support to get them to delete those accounts. That can be annoying, but sometimes that's just an email, so that's not too bad. If a service either refuses to close your account or it's going to be too much of a headache, consider just abandoning it. We've had to do that for some systems, but if you are going to do that, please follow the prior steps to mitigate the risk that a future data breach will cause you any significant problems.
I think we mentioned this in an earlier episode. Well, that might have actually just been in the blog post. But anyway, we mentioned that we had an old NordVPN account that we used for testing and we wanted to close it, but they make you fill out some customer service request form with like eight or more pieces of information on it, including credit card information, just to ask them to delete your account. And that's not how we roll, so we just abandon it. When you do delete your account, pay attention to any instructions that they give you. Some systems will give you very specific information that you'll want to keep in mind, like after how many days will they actually delete your data, for example. If a service goes this route, as opposed to deleting your information immediately, what they normally do is stop the deletion process if you log back in before that time period is up. This might really trip you up if you aren't paying attention because you'll try to log back in or do a password reset or something to see if they actually deleted your account, not realizing that in doing so, they're just stopping the deletion process. This time period is usually about 30 to 90 days, and unfortunately, many systems won't tell you this information, so we suggest that you wait at least 91 days before trying to log back in to verify that they actually closed your account. And that sounds pretty tedious, but you know, you can just make a calendar event or something like that. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But we do recommend that when you delete an account, that you go back at some point to verify that it has been deleted. If logging in and trying a password reset fails, that's a decent indication that the account is deleted or at least put in a state where the average person can't get into it. But just keep in mind that doing a password reset does reopen an account in some systems. If this happens to you, just repeat the deletion process and let it go from there. And again, make sure you're keeping good records. When you delete an account and verify that you can't get back into it, make a note of this for future reference because you might forget that you did this in the future. All right, those are our tips for finding, sanitizing, and deleting old and unneeded accounts. Now let's go over some lessons from our experiences going through this process. If you haven't picked up on it already between this episode and the last one, be very, very stingy about opening new accounts. Every account presents some level of risk, and you'll probably find out someday, if you haven't already, that maintaining many accounts is a lot of work. The second lesson is to close old and unnecessary accounts on a regular basis. You might want to sit down every year or so to review what you have and close what's no longer relevant to you. The longer that you let these things fester, the greater the risk is that you're going to experience an issue like a data breach, the company going out of business or being acquired, and you don't know what happened to your data or who has access to it, or you can no longer figure out how or where to log in. I've experienced all three of these. So for example, I saw in an old bank statement that I made a purchase at ThinkGeek many years ago. This was online only at the time, so I'm assuming that I had to have made an account to make the purchase. But when I searched around online, I could not find 
anywhere to log in so that I could close my account if I had one, and I couldn't find any information about what happened to all that data. I'm pretty sure they were acquired by GameStop, but I still couldn't figure out what happened to my account if there was one. I don't think that this particular case was a big deal, but just keep that in mind. If you hand over sensitive information to a third party and just let it go for years, you might lose complete control over that data at some point in the future if they get acquired or if they go on a business and end up transferring your data to another business. The third and final lesson is to keep good records of current and past accounts. There's no way that you can keep all this information in memory, so it behooves you to have a system for recording this information in a private and secure manner. We like NAS systems for this reason, which we talked about in our Bigger Insights Technology podcast episode titled, Why You Need a NAS. If you do this, decommissioning old accounts is much easier, and this will allow you to respond to threats much quicker. For example, next time there's another major event, which may threaten several of your accounts, like Heartbleed, SolarWinds, Log4Shell, Kaseya, Excelion, LastPass, and so on, you might find yourself scrambling to respond. So let's say, for example, that you need to update the password on every significant account that hasn't been changed since May 13th, 2021. Are you going to know what to do? Or are you going to have to change all of them because you aren't keeping good records? If you need help recovering an account and they ask you a question like, on what date was your account created? Are you going to be able to answer that? For most people, probably not, which is why we stress that you keep good records of your accounts. And what if you simply want to change your information? If you move, change phone numbers, or change email addresses, are you going to know every system that has this information so you can update them? This is a problem that I ran into years ago when I wanted to delete an old email address. I hadn't used it for actual emailing for many years, but I quickly came to the realization that I did use it to log into many accounts in the past. So if I deleted the email account without updating all of those other accounts, I wouldn't be able to log into them. This is why we recommend that you also keep track of which systems have which data of yours. All right, that's everything for this episode. Not the most exciting stuff we know, but this is very important. So make sure you subscribe so you can see our other helpful content in the future. Also share this podcast with others so they can take advantage of these insights as well. And like I said earlier, if you're interested in our one-on-one consulting services, go to biggerinsights.com and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. Thanks for staying until the end. Go close some old accounts and have a great rest of your day.